Praise God. I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, and we're going to turn to um, Jeremiah 8 and verse 20 and verse 22. Then we'll read Psalms 2 and 8. Then we'll go to Matthew 9, 35, 39. John 4:35. as we minister to this morning. I tell you, the Holy Ghost has already ministered to us today. Amen. If you need a teacher, why don't you try Jesus Christ? The Holy Ghost lives in you, and he's your teacher. He'll teach you, lead you, and guide you in all truth. You say, what is truth? Jesus Christ. That's the only thing he's going to talk to you about is Jesus Christ. Okay, everybody there? Jeremiah 8, verse 20, then verse 22. Okay, let me find where I'm at here. Jeremiah 8 and verse 20. The harvest is past and the summer is ended, and we're not saved. Verse 20. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no position there? Why then is not the health of the daughters of my people recovered? All right, let's look at Matthew 9, if you would, please. Matthew 9. I guess they got it up there now. Okay. And Jesus went about all the cities villages what was he doing teaching in the synagogue preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sick every disease among the people amen verse 36 but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they faint were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd okay verse 37 then he said it unto his disciples the harvest is truly is plentiful but the labors are few okay verse 38 pray therefore the lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors unto the harvest amen all right john 4 35 i don't remember where i gave them that or not Okay, they got it. Say not ye, there are yet four months. Then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you. Let me stop right there. The apostle or the prophets of old always had to say, Thus saith the Lord. Jesus never said, Thus saith the Lord. He said, I say. You need to go to the book of Hebrews. No longer we have the prophets of the Old Testament. We have the prophet of Jesus Christ speaking to us. Here he's speaking here. He said, I say unto you, do what? Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Okay. If you're reading some of them scriptures, that's why I don't believe God is about to do something. I don't believe that. I'm just being honest and open. I do not believe that. I don't believe he's about to do something. I believe he's doing it. Right there, he's saying he's doing it. 
lift up on the harvest, the field. Well, it's, it's about going to happen. Scholar said, as long as we say, I'm going to happen, you'll never get it. You got to believe it's right now. Now is the harvest. I, too, looked up here one Sunday morning. I don't know it was the same Sunday morning that Brother Don, I saw at, uh, Abigail, and I thought, my, what such pleasant look on a young lady's heart. Several people in here have been fighting some things here lately, and they're young. But I tell you, God is working mightily, working mightily. He's not about to work. He's working. We're going to title this this morning, A Great and Mighty Harvest for right here for the United States. It's happening in some of the third worlds. It should happen here. We have the facilities here to take a care of 1,000 people probably 700 in here we, we've had a thousand here at a funeral one time in here we can take care of 300 something down in the life center and an overflow we are equipped to have a harvest all we got to do and I'm going to agree with brother Ken if you're reading the Bible in the natural it looks like fairy tale you got to get hold of the spirit and see the axe actually swam when the green stick floated out to it. Listen, the miracle working power of God is not yesterday and it's not tomorrow, it's today. Tell that fox, I'm gonna walk today, amen? And I'm gonna walk tomorrow, amen? I'm gonna be a doing it until the coming, I come back. Starting Wednesday night, unless the Lord changes my mind, we're gonna be speaking some subject on healing. 30 million people in America have some type of sickness or disease. That's uncalled for. There ought to be deliverance. Amen. God has come to set people free and deliver. There's a great and mighty harvest. Now, John 11 says, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And he says, where have you laid him? And they carried him and showed him where they laid him. Now, the first thing Jesus said at the grave, remove the stone. Remove the stone. Martha said he'd been dead four days. He's stinking by now, and you want to open that tomb up? How many believe that God needs you? Why don't you just wave your hand if you believe God needs you? Huh? Come on now. You're going to have to start to learn to be bold. The Bible said to learn Christ. said, you have not let, you aren't learned him yet. He said, remove the stone. Martha said, he sinketh by now. The first commandment he made was a faith commandment, remove the stone. Why did he say remove the stone? He needs you. He needs me to get involved in helping get Lazarus out of the grave. Now, he could call him out of the grave and remove the stone. He could have done all of that, but he didn't. He needs you. He needs me to get involved like we've never been involved before. Lazarus is fixing to come forth. Amen? Those that's dead in the trespasses of sin is coming forth like we've never seen before. Remove the stone. So the first thing they have to do is do what? How many believe you got something to do when God gives you a message to do something? You can't be twiddling your thumb and waiting on God to do it. You're going to have to get involved. That's what he's wanting him to get involved here. And then he said, what did he say? 
Once they removed the stone, what did he say? Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. He raised from the dead, but he didn't come forth. Go back and read it. Right, Brother James? He didn't come forth. He was raised from the dead. But the Bible said he was still bound in his face, bound in his whole body. And then Jesus said, release him and let him go. We have an obligation and a duty to help those that comes in the church. Everybody wasn't born in the church. Peggy was. Linda, you got in pretty quick, didn't you? Was you born dead? Twelve. That just Rhonda had been in it all her life. Some of us, rest of us, come out of a. I don't know what you'd say we come out of. Huh? Oh, hallelujah. We need your help. If you're here this morning, the church is your helper. You're not the first one that come out of a corrupt situation under the world, under the church. And you won't be the last one. The Bible said when Jesus cast the demon out of man, and the demon left. And Brother Ken touched on this morning, and I know I'm in the right place this morning. The devil is going to give you a fit sometime, and then he's going to leave. And you're going to float like a butterfly. Won't be long. Your balloon is going to burst, burst, and you're going to go down again. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? That devil's coming back with seven more worse than he ever was. When you've been born out of darkness under the church, you better prepare yourself to be involved in the church because the demon is going to come back. Amen? You say, well, I, I can handle him. I've heard that for 60-something years. You cannot handle him. He's bigger than you are. He's stronger than you are. You say, well, I got the Holy Ghost. You may have the Holy Ghost, but you don't have the training. You hadn't been developed. You are still in your diapers. You're still learning how to crawl. It's going to take some time, and you're going to have to be around the people that's done been through that. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Come on now. I'm trying to help you out tonight if you're here this morning, this morning. It's never been known, according to Mike Hooker, that an alcoholic or a drug addict has ever went back to drugs that followed the 12 steps and did what they called for. It'll never be known that once a Christian comes in the church, if he'll follow the book of Bible and be in church and be in prayer with God's people, he'll never go back. I am a living witness. Amen. How many know that you are a living witness? Hallelujah. The devil's going to come back. I'm going to ask you to start doing something. Start going through your house when you get this home this day and start giving praise and thanks to God whether you feel like it or not. The glory that's inside you is going to penetrate out of you into your house and you will not have to be telling the devil to get out of your house. He's going to flee because he can't stay where the glory of God. He can't stay where the presence of God is and where the power of God is. He's got to pick up his junk and go. Hallelujah. Praise God. I wasn't mentored when I got into church because I don't think we knew that much about it. But I'd go home after work sometime. We lived at the bluff, and I'd go down in the woods. I wouldn't do it now. 
get up under a bush. <laughs> Mr. Mission had a little dog. She could tree them snakes. I'd get up on that bush and pray because I was so broken. I want you to know that God would heal your brokenness. Is there not a bomb in Gilead? The word bomb means healing ministry. We done had some testimony this morning. There is a healing ministry in God and in the church, in the body of believers. <coughs> it doesn't matter what you got wrong, God can fix it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have never read a Bible when I got into church. Never. Didn't own one. You ought to see the one now that Peggy first gave me. I've been thinking about getting it fixed, but it just it's all tore up. But Brother Newton Waters said something to me. Later on, after I went to the altar, when I passed him, he said, later he told me, he said, I don't know why he's going down there. He's too mean. But then after he prayed with can you imagine a man praying with you and thinking you're too mean to get the Holy Ghost? And he praying with me. I'm telling you the truth. I was ignorant. Sometimes the people say ignorance blessed. I guess so. But he said something to me that stuck in my crawl. If you're going to live for God, you're going to stay in the washing machine. I had no idea what that meant. But wasn't long I found out what that meant. You're going to have to stay in the presence of God. He is the blood. He's the washing of the word. Or wash the dirt out of you and revive you and make you alive again when you cannot do anything yourself. One of the greatest things Christian, young Christians got to learn is to submit. And even older people, you got to submit to God. There is a mighty revival taking place right here. Right here. We got to get involved. Got to get involved. The bomb of healing ministry. God has put the healing ministry in the church. He's put it in our life, in your life, the wonderful things of God. I'll just take my time today. The church is, should be increasing daily. Somebody ought to be getting the Holy Ghost daily. Somebody ought to be baptized daily. Diane ought to have to change, shift, and quit cleaning the church and be baptizing somebody every day. You say, oh, Brother Billy, I don't know about that. The Bible said in the book of Acts that the church increased daily. It quit saying it increased, that it started multiplying. It quit saying multiplying. It said multiplying greatly. If they did it then, he's the same yesterday, today, and to evermore. The church ought to be multiplying and increasing today and delivering those that's lost and undone without God. I tell you, I feel stirred in my heart. I hardly ever listen to Joyce Myers, but it might have been the other morning, about 2 o'clock in the morning. And she looked over the congregation when I turned it on. She said, look at it. Some of you about like me. Is it not going to be long? You're going to be gone before Jesus comes or not. But you better be ready whichever way it is. We better be ready whichever way it is. Whether we're going to be gone. I'm planning on living a long time in a good old age and full of good health. But there may be another plan. I've heard people say, well, I want to go, but I don't want to go today. I think it would be all right if he come right now. Some would say, well, too many people lost. There's going to be a lot of people lost when he comes anyhow. We need to get ready.
get your ticket. Amen. Praise God. Peggy and I went to Hawaii one time on a Brandon airline, and it went bankrupt. But I want you to know you got a ticket on the airline. It's not going to go bankrupt. It's one way. It's, you don't have a whole round-trip ticket. It's just one way. Amen. And you're not going to have to wait in line and check your baggage because I tell you, you're going to go up. Somebody take it. Well, I just hope I can barely make it in. I said, well, you quit saying you just barely make it in. There's no such thing barely making it in. You're going to go in faster than the speed of light. You're going to come out of the grave if you're in the grave. If you're not in the grave, you're going to go up there so fast it'll make your head swim because the glory of God. God has delivered us from this world. Mighty miracles and signs and wonders. Mighty miracles and signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Bible says in Isaiah 9, let me say something about healing ministry. That doesn't always mean the sick. Sometimes your mind needs to be healed. Come on now, I'm going to preach to you this morning. The Bible said the renewing of your mind. How many know that you've got to have a renewed mind probably every day? That's what it says, renew your mind and have the mind of Christ. And there's some other things in your life has to be healed. He's the healer. He's inside you. And I know I mentioned this before. I used to love that song Kenneth, uh, Ken sang, the miracle coming down the road. I don't want to hear that no more. He's in your heart. The chief physician, the healer, the divine giver is in your heart to give you whatever you need, whenever you need. The Bible said he's present help in the time of need, and he's present to heal whenever you need him. Ken said this morning, LaRue have given him some attitudes adjustments. Oh, God, an attitude adjustment. How many know that God sometimes has to give us an adjustment? It says in Isaiah 97, said the increase of Jesus' government, a peace. We have, I have never lived this age before, but I have never seen in my life so many people, I'm talking about Christians all, have so little peace in their life, have so little joy. It's supposed to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's the glory of God. That's the power of God. We're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Amen? A lady called me from another city the other day and told me about a cousin of ours that passed away in Texarkana. He'd been on dialysis, and she said, You know how every once in a while you get this urge to call somebody? I said, I had that urge to call him, and I didn't. How many ever get an urge to do something you don't do it? He was on dialysis, so she called somebody else and had to get the sheriff department out there and get in the house. He'd been dead three or four days. Church, it stirs my heart. There's so many people that's lost and undone right here in this community, and God is trying to wake us up. It's time to get a hold of the urge that God is putting in our hearts. We're nearer the end than we've ever been. And I'm not saying he's coming in my time or your time, but he's coming back one of these days. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my kingdom. Shall not prevail against our kingdom. So the healer is here today. He's going to be in your home tonight. Amen. We got 
door locks on every door we got. We got three, I believe, it on every door, right? This one and that one and that one. But I'm not looking for them door locks to keep a thief out. The greatest thief is not the one that's trying to break in your physical house. The greatest thief we have to deal with is trying to break into our lives, spiritual lives, and defile our life with God. He's a stealer of your peace, the harmony and unity that God wants you to have in your life and make you courageous in God. Wonderful things in God, happening in God. Hallelujah. Lazarus could have done what? First thing, the stone had to be what? And then calling the peace. Come forward. There's an old saying in management, loss of the nail, loss of the foot, loss of the foot, loss of the horse, and loss of the horse is a loss to the rider. One little nail caused that disaster. One little thing can cause a disaster if we're not careful in our lives. Come forth. What does it mean to roll a stone away? Help them get rid of their bad habits. When you first get into church and you come out of the world, I guarantee you got some bad habits. Some you're going to have to get rid of. <clears throat> Brother Melvin and I bought a horse one time, and beautiful horse, well-gated. My, that horse was pretty. But she was barn sport. Anybody know what that means? Brother Keenan, you know what that means? Okay, you know where I'm going then. Being the good rider I am, been raised on a horse you know, all my life, fool with horses, thought I knew how to handle them. So we bought it together. And I said, I'll break that horse for being barn sport, and we'll sell it and split the profit. We sold that horse. It wasn't no profit. That horse was so barn sport, it had laid down when you tried to ride away from the house. You had to lead it from the house and down the road. And after you got down for a road a little while, she'd turn around and try to go back, and you stop her, she'd lay down in the road. I'm telling you the truth. And wasn't long, I said, I'm no longer going to feed that animal. That animal is going to go somewhere else. I want you to know sometime we come into the church and the body of Christ, we've been so spoiled on the things of the world. It's going to take Christ and you praying for me and me praying for you to get rid of those things, those bad habits that torments us and that we can't get rid of them. God can help you to get rid of it. A lot of time we're not delivered immediately. Sometimes it's a process. A seed doesn't jump up overnight. It has to grow and come up to produce fruit. And the Bible said, let your fruit remain. When people come in the church, we should be able to retain them. That's our fruit remaining. Too many people leave the church, the fruit. And here's what's lost. We know how many seeds is in an apple. If we'd have brought one, cut it open, you'd count the seed and know how many in there. But we do not know how many apples in one seed. We do not know when a person comes in the church, if they'll stay in the church, how many lives they're going to be able to affect in their lifetime. We need to pray earnestly to hold on to the fruit. I'm glad that the Lord held on to me. Huh? I'm so glad and so thankful 
that he's held on to me. When God gives you something, please do it. God told Abraham, I have given you the land. Abraham said, I believe it's in Genesis 15 or 17, how do I know you've given me the land? How am I going to know this? Now, here's a man of faith talking to God. How many know it, it, you can sit down and talk to God? He's reasonable. Abraham had many talks with him. They just sat down and talked and carried on a good conversation. And God talked to him, said, he's my friend. And the Lord said, well, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get a heifer that's three years of age. I want you to get a she-goat three years of age. I want you to get a ram that's three years of age. Now, he had to be a stockman to know which one was three or two or five. You know, if he'd brought one five, he wouldn't have accepted it. He dressed them and laid them side by side, just like the Lord told him. He, the Lord's fixing to tell him something now. And he said, then take a turtle dove and a pigeon and don't cut them. Just lay them next to them. Abraham ready. He's ready now for God to tell him how he's going to get the land. How many know what the first thing happened? The fowls of the air means evil spirits. Yet every time you meet in the Bible, the fowls of the air means evil spirits. Sometime when God gives you a message, the first thing's going to happen before it's ever produced and come forth, the fowls of the air is going to steal that away from you. Because he knows that if he can get the fruit, the seed, he's got us. Because it will not reproduce without planting the seed. And the Bible said he fought the fowls off of his sacrifice. Sometimes it's a battle to fight the powers of the darkness of the devil off the promises that God has given us. Where was Gideon threshing the wheat? Why was he in the wine press? Why was he scared? I want you to watch this. The most of the time, the only time the enemy is going to give you the, the worst problem in your life is when you're close to a harvest time. That's what that means. Hallelujah. The enemy didn't come throughout the book of work talking about Gideon. Year after year, the enemy never came until when? Church, one reason we're having so much difficulty, the devil knows his time is short in the book of Revelation. He's going to do everything he can to hinder to stop the harvest. But I want you to know Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail. The early church, one of the worst tradition, I mean condition in the world, had a revival. It's in book of Acts, and also for the first 300 years, all they had was revival. Why can't we have one now until Jesus come? He's going to attack. He's going to bring out his resources. He's going to bring seven worse than he is back because he wants to stop that harvest. Now, we mentioned this Wednesday night, but some of you missed it, so you need it, Right? Naomi told Ruth, said, now, it's time. When Ruth first went to 
to glean in the field. Book of Deuteronomy said they had to glean in the corners, like this house. There's a corner over here, and there's a corner over there, and there's a corner over here, and a corner over here. The only place that the, they could glean was in that corner. All the poor and the vagabonds had to stay in that corner. All of them was fighting for a few pieces of grain. I want you to notice something else in, in the book of Deuteronomy. It said, no Moab will have an inheritance with the children of God. No Moab. Ruth is a Moab. But when Naomi saw the time, there's people in the church can tell you sometime from God when you're not hearing from God. Hallelujah. They can give you a word sometimes. I want to encourage you, if you ever got a good word from me, good or bad, come and tell me. And I'll discern it whether it's good or bad or not. But I want you to know that when you have something to say, you need to say it. Naomi said, it's time. I'm just sort of praising it, paraphrasing it. And now, Sister Rhonda Harris, I believe it was one that said that, it made us all laugh. Boaz stayed by the wine press because it was harvest time. He stayed by the press, wine press, because it's harvest time. And they drank wine and they went to sleep. Rhonda Harris said he got drunk. Maybe he did, Rhonda. I don't know. But I want you to know Jesus had the new wine and he wasn't drunk. The day of Pentecost, they said, they're not as drunk as you suppose. I tell you, the wine or the alcohol you drank will make you act like a fool. It'll make you lose control. But this new wine will put you in control. There, there's a difference in that wine out there that's going to make you happy. It'll make you happy for a minute, but first thing you know, you're going to be a fool. You're going to act like a fool, and first thing you know, you're going to be in trouble, and first thing you know, you're going to be over yonder in jail somewhere because you acted like a fool. But the new wine will keep you from acting like a fool. It'll make you act right. It's going to keep you doing what's right. Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ. He's laying there at night on guard because it's harvest time. And he knew the enemy is going to come at night and get the harvest. Can you have an amen? We're not going to go to sleep and stay alive. We're going to stay alive. It's harvest time. And we're going to get the harvest. We're going to be ready for the enemy to come. If you'll notice a lot of times in the Scripture, the most of the time, it's like in the book of Gideon and the book of Ruth, he only came and severe force was during the harvest time. We are in a harvest time. And we don't want to lose it, right? Several years ago, crops in California laid in ruins. Couldn't get laborers to gather the fruit. Couldn't get enough truck drivers to haul the fruit. It ruined there's a world laying out there ruining because it's not enough labors. Jesus did not say pray for the heart. I mean, pray that he bring souls in. Check your Bible. He didn't say that. He said pray for what? Labors because he's going to bring the, come on. I just feel so good this morning. I feel so good. 
He's going to call the Lazarus out. You can't call him out. I can't call him out. Nobody could call me out of what I was in. Oh, I was lost and undone without God and didn't know it. I didn't go to the altar to get the Holy Ghost. I didn't know nothing about the Holy Ghost. I went to the altar because Brother Kenan, something got a hold of my heart. And when I got down that altar, something was released out of my heart. And something came into my heart. And it's been in there today because there's a harvest of time right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next month. And it's not next year. There's too many going to be lost and undone from God. If it's next year, it needs to be now. That's why they guarded. It was harvest time. That's why the enemy's going to go, ooh, Hallelujah. Somebody give Peggy a prophecy when we moved up here. And I guess it's pretty well working out. Said, y'all moving up to another level. You better get ready. The devil's going to give you more trouble than you ever had in your life. It's harvest time. Don't allow the enemy to get the fruit. If he gets the fruit, I don't know what time I started, but... There were seven men. The book of Acts was picked with Philip and Stephen, seven. We don't know the rest of them, but they're listed. One of them we do know. He was full of faith. He's full of power, just like Philip and Stephen was. But in the book of Revelation, it tells a different story about him. The enemy had stolen his gift. Don't let the enemy steal the fruit. There has been people that had a tremendous knowledge of God like nobody I have ever seen since I've been in the church. They had a knowledge and a gift from God, but the devil stole it. How many souls has been lost on account of that? Because the devil knows the time is short. He wants to stop the harvest. And he's going to send a multitude just like he did against Gideon to get the harvest. Like they get against Jabez. He's a type of Christ. That's why Christ, hallelujah. How many feel Christ here today? How many of you feel Christ in your life? He's not going to leave it, church. He knows that the time is short. He wants a harvest. Who knows what some of each one of us has the capability of doing before God comes back. And I want you to notice Moab was a roof with a Moab. She had to glean in the corner. Glean in the corner. She had to just pick up the stray stuff. Oh, but God saw her heart. Oh, God used her so mightily. Let me share something that way. She gleaned so much, gathered in the corner. She'd go home and Neil almost said, how did you get so much? Boaz had said, now, I know she's a Moab, and I know she's in the corner. But I want you to just, as you go by that corner, when you're pulling off handfuls, you throw it over in that corner. 
where she can glean it. Amen. How many know that God is throwing handfuls into your corner? Amen. What some testimonies we've heard up here today. God is throwing handfuls, just handfuls out there. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's taking a woman with a Moab, and the Bible says she's to have no part with the kingdom of God, but she would help bring David into this world. Hmm? Y'all remember Ophir? Was that her name that stayed behind? Was that her name? Kissed Naomi. Yeah. Goodbye. Ruth clinged to her and wouldn't turn her loose. I think it's in 1 Samuel and in Chronicles. Descendants of the giants are from Ophrah. Goliath and his four brothers are descendants. Of Oprah. Oh, hallelujah. Ruth has a descendant, and his name is David. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care how the big the kingdom of God, the darkness may look, but God has raised up a little boy, a little shepherd boy, that he's going to go out under the inspiration of God. You say, I can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do nothing. But I tell you, hallelujah. Paul said, I labor more abundantly, you all. Not I, but Christ in me. With God, we can do anything. It said before David died, he killed those five brothers, five giants. Do y'all see the relationship there? Ruth went and got into the kingdom of God. Oprah stayed behind. And look what she got. She kissed. But Ruth clinged. Our heart has to cling to God. Oh, I've got to hold on to God. God bless you. I tell you, it's wonderful to be here today, isn't it? It's wonderful to hear wonderful poets about Abigail. Wonderful poet for Starla. She, gonna, she has a wonderful report. The healer is in her. <laughs> Sister Margaret. Oh, what a report. The devil meant it for good. But God, I mean, meant it for bad. But the devil meant it for good. I got that wrong again, didn't I? I'm mixed up, ain't I? The devil will throw things in your life to destroy your life. You said, oh, my goodness, why has this happened to me? But God has a, brother, hallelujah. Brother Michael Taylor said this morning up here in prayer, he said, God was setting Joseph up for something big. How many believe God is setting you up for something big? It may look bad, but God can turn it around for your life. After you've been tried for a little while, something miraculous has happened. Amen. Mighty revival. Jesus promised us a mighty revival. He made that pretty plain in John 4.35. It may sound like impossible. Nothing's impossible with us. We what? Believe. I want you to go home happy. Start going through your house and just giving praise and thanks to God. I guarantee you something's going to happen. He can't stand that. Amen. He, he, he can't. He's he going to go. He cannot stand the presence of God where the glory of God is. 
when you start singing and praising, going from one room, walking around on the outside. And Peggy hears voices at night. She gets up and looks for them. It may be angels are talking. Maybe they're making some music, amen. Harvest time. When is harvest time? Now. And the devil is going to try to stop the harvest because he doesn't want you saved and the people you're going to reach saved. But he cannot prevail against the kingdom of God. God bless you for being here. What kind of week are you going to have? What kind? Amen. Going to have a great week. God bless you for being here today and look for wonderful and expect wonderful things to happen in your life. Mighty revival. God bless you.